following podcast contains beer, banter, and absolutely no legal advice from four family lawyers speaking in a personal capacity. Any views expressed are our own and not those of our employers or chambers. Any legal commentary is for your amusement only. Always seek specialist legal advice. Welcome to the Without Prejudice podcast. So, here we are again, episode eight, and it is already mid-June. We have another half an hour or so of chat with a smattering of legal commentary. Alongside me, as ever, are my three amigos, the three musketeers, and together we make up the Fab Four Family Law. For those of you who don't already know us, I'm Sean Hilton of Stevens and Bolton, and we also have Darren Hark of Vitingham K, Dan Chalmers of Clinton Solicitors, and Mark Samuels of the 36 Group. How are we all doing, boys? Very well, thank you, Sean. Good, good, good yeah, to hear it. Good, thank you, mate. All good. Fantastic, Sean. Good, good. Well, How are you doing? I'm doing well, actually. I'm, I'm doing good. And I thought for tonight's pod, I was going to lead with my favourite segment of every episode, which was a quick rundown of uh, what we're all drinking tonight, because we're recording tonight's pod a little bit later than normal. I figured we'd all already have a glass in front of us. So let's leave with Mr. Darren Hart, because he looks like he's got something interesting in his hand. I oh. have. <laughs> <laughs> in the cleanest sense of the word. Put, put that thing down and get the drink out. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's, nothing, <laughs> it, it's nothing to do with speedos. I mean, high court judges, I can tell you that. I've gone for a tribute to uh, a cocktail mentioned in a previous podcast. I've put together an old fashioned here that you can see there. That looks really good. This is rubbish for listening, but it's it does look for really good. Bit. Yeah, I've got the orange peel in there, the cherry. So I put some. Uh, so what Quite is it? The August, August a bit of syrup and syrup. Yeah. Well, sh- it's sugar. A little bit of sugar water stirred with a bit of Augusta bitters. Nice chunk of good bourbon. A little bit of soda water and uh, cherry and orange peel. As you say, it's not very good for audio, really, because but it looks good. It does look good. We can vouch for you. I'm very impressed. That's a, that's a nice glass as well. Well, next time we do this together, then I'll make us own. Oh, the first time we do this together, sorry. In, per, in, in person. Does that mean we have to come around your house? Can you not buy us one, cheapskate? <laughs> <laughs> well, you won't get a measure like this. I can say I'm going to be pissed. Well, yeah, time. actually, yeah, that very good the... point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good point. Mr. Chalmers? Well, what are you going for? Yeah, well, no. Not not tonight. I've gone for gone for the black stuff. Nice pint of Guinness. That looks good, right? Oh, it's well poured. Yeah. Actually, it does, does look, look good. good. Yeah, and I mean, what I can say oh, is you won't be able to see challenge. it, actually, but this is a, a it's a proper Guinness glass with my name engraved on it. Yeah, you've uh, had that Dan, one before. Dan what Charles. I do what I do notice Lovely. about that, Dan, is the harp and the G are very close together. So, why are you going to do just for the three of us the Guinness challenge oh, yeah, this, right this now? Because we will be able what to we're s- talking about. So like a, like a live got, Guinness challenge. I'm going to commentate this live. Dan has got a full pint of Guinness, perfectly poured, in a proper Guinness glass. So we're going to challenge him now. This is beginning our truth or dare theme of today's pod. I dare you to do the Guinness challenge, the aim of which, for those who don't already know, is to drink in one gulp, or what one gulp, one attempt, between the Guinness writing and the harp on the glass. It's going to happen in real time. I hope you can feel the suspense at home because it's definitely building up here. Darren's quite got that right. This It's really close on this one. Look, it's really close. Look, here we go. Too much. 
I mean, I don't even want to turn it around. It is too much. Yeah, I've gone for It's not far off. Oh, it's not bad. It's not bad. Let him off. He's out of it's, practice. Uh, He's out of practice. It's not great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that is rubbish for a podcast, but it's good fun. <laughs> We're having a great time. <laughs> We've that. lost so many listeners. How many minutes are we in? That's <laughs> no, all right. We've only got five anyway. So we fine. can definitely put that on YouTube. It's fine. Mark, you've had a long day. What are you drinking today? I have had a long day. Yeah, I'm being quite boring. I'm back to my same old, same old botanist and tonic. Without the tonic, right? Yeah, okay. Look at the size of that glass. (laughs) Stop it. (laughs) Half a pint of gin, Mark. It's just neat gin all the time, isn't it? Mostly tonic. So, Sean, where where did we go um, with all the the jingle? I thought we'd have a nice jingle. I thought you might have backing up this week it's, it's you know this is the i think people listen to this podcast just for your segment I mean, well, it's still it still remains nameless and yeah we might have to wait maybe we wait until episode nine or ten and we'll get a proper, proper I, jingle out of someone i'm waiting for you know mark ronson to volunteer to make me a jingle frankly he's a listener so he might uh, well of course he is yeah <laughs> i mean who isn't let's be honest he de- no he definitely is ricky gervais told me yeah exactly yeah. So, you know, I'm waiting for a jingle with produced by Mark Ronson with Ricky Gervais on the drums and Brene Brown on tambourine. (laughs) 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 We're going to have a jingle for my segment, Sipping with Sean, which I kind of think, you know, alludes to the idea of it being a drinks based segment. But at the moment, I'm still not convinced. So anyway, it will come in due time. We'll have a still out there, still welcoming suggestions. But I am continuing. Email them in. Yeah, please do. I'm continuing with my challenge. Of but that is, su- that is a very exciting can you're holding. Again, not great for listeners, but I have an awesome looking can beer this week. And it is it's like by... a Joseph and Technicolor Dreamcoat. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. So it's by North Brewing Company. Um, it's a session IPA. And the, the, the can reads, our superheroes, we love you. And I think it totally is... Totally yeah. psychedelic. I know, and it's done. It is, uh, yeah. It's it's a beer that's made in support of Mind UK, so it's obviously a bit of a fundraiser beer as well, which gives it even more fundraiser beer. Ah, oh, see now you've done that. We're, this is this is why we do it, isn't it? Because it's all it's all for charity. This segment exactly. So I'm supporting Mind <laughs> UK with my drinking habits this week, and I've got to give a shout out to um, as I had before, I think, as a place in Winchester which does tacos and craft beer called Overdraft. Great place to go if you're ever in Winchester. And this beer I got from them so have they sent you any free stuff yet sean no they haven't but to be fair i haven't actually told them that i need to tag them we need to tag them shouting out in the pot in the pod so (laughs) i need to be better at reaching out to people and saying oh by the way have a listen see what you think Chalmers, I think you and I have become Hi. slightly boring in our drinks choices. I think it. I think we may need a dare for the two of us for next. Hey, week. one week I had a vodka. <laughs> that so is true. That is true. you know, I don't want to push the boat out. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I, it's just what gets bought. It's put in the fridge. It's nice. I like it. I don't. I, I'd be. I would love an old fashioned, but I haven't. I haven't gone as adventurous as Darren. Um, well, you know what it is, Dan? Though, like I make the effort, mate. I like think about these things and when I'm getting uh, my yeah, no, but I can't be week, asked. I think, you know, I'm gonna make sure I've got an interesting beer to drink while I do the pod. I don't just like this this can of beer has been sat in the in the fridge for like a week now, ready for this pod recording. So I think if you really cared about us as you say you do, you've got to put some effort in, mate. Oh no, but it, you know, the thing is Yeah, I don't 
Oh, I've just... Uh, well, yeah, well, I was going to say you all killed me last week, but that didn't get put into the podcast, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can cut that out. Wait, just wait for the outtakes, guys. Wait for the outtakes. <laughs> I did know how to mix quite a good... I think it was either a... may even have been a Negroni recipe given to me by our mutual friend Anna Brown, another lady oh. in the family law world, for a birthday party of mine a couple of years ago. She came over and we made like a just an enormous kind of water jug full of, I think it was Negroni, which absolutely ruined me for the entirety of the evening, but terrific concoction, whatever that was, I'll have to get the recipe back. <laughs> I feel as though I've surpassed myself this evening with this old fashioned, but it does look it, very impressive. Well, thank you, but it's, it's very nice and uh, a little bit strong. So we'll see how the remainder of this podcast goes. We're going to lose Darren in 20 minutes. (laughs) The listeners may find that Darren's slurring halfway through. Yeah, genuine possibility. This Zoom call is still going on at three in the morning (laughs) because Darren can't log off. (laughs) (laughs) We're all waiting for him because he's recording it this week. Yeah. Excellent. How um, how have you been, guys? Have you has anyone been out? There's a bit more freedom now. We can do a bit more stuff. Have you seen people? Have you have you seen other humans? I played golf, Dan. Have you? You've yes, been out playing golf. Good man. Did. I managed to get around in. Oh, good man. Originally got another one booked for next week. And yeah, it oh. felt very liberating. It's good, isn't it? It's good yeah. just to be out and do stuff with other people. Um, was I was really saying to stuff. a couple of the guys who I played with and uh, friends we saw last week, so I haven't actually hugged anyone or sh- shook anyone's hand. In yeah. Life, but- which feels really weird and just, you know, just not polite. Yeah, that's really true. So, what, so the different thing I've done this week for the first time is went into the office and because I had to go in because I needed some papers that needed to be collected so I could carry on working from home. And one of, uh, in fact, two of my colleagues were also in the office. And it's the first time I've seen them since March the 15th, whenever it was that we, that we stopped going in. And you're absolutely right, Dan. You, your, your instinctive reaction is, oh, I'll go and say hello, shake the hand, give them a hug, et cetera, et cetera. But you can't. You can have this awkward kind of, hi. How are you doing? From afar, two meters, <laughs> don't come any closer. Hi. Hi. Um, I mean, it was lovely and there's some normality and also the, uh, there's a prep just downstairs in the entrance to our office and that was open, limited hours, 10 till 3. So going in prep and having a coffee. The glass Will they screens. let you stay in prep? No, it was takeaway only. Takeaway, yeah. Takeaway only. All the seating area was cordoned off. But it was just that sense of normality. Went into work, so our prep was open. Bought myself a coffee. Went into the office. Yeah, it was not normal, but there was two other people there in our entire office, which was the the only people I've seen other than Darcy for the last few months. Which was like, oh, there's, you know, it's not um, the apocalypse end of the world. There are actually still people besides you three in Poor existence Darcy. outside of this house, and Darcy, of course. <laughs> Poor, Poor Darcy. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys got a date from work? Slightly different view, Mark. But to go back, has anyone got any news about when they're going to go back? When the op- offices are properly reopening? No. No, no we're, we're, yeah. we're, we're fairly open at the moment. I think actually a lot of ours are sort of saying, look, it's, it's up to the individual. And I guess as long as you can do the work, then, you know, you don't need to be in. Then they're, you know, just all adhering to the guidelines so far. Um, I know that probably all of our firms are taking steps right now to try and make it, you know, socially distant. I guess one-way systems around the office and communal areas will be dealt with appropriately. But it's, uh, you know, it's actually a real, I know that we've had people in our firm just going in, you know, almost daily this week, a couple of them to try and sort it out for the rest of us. Because it's a really big thing, you know, there's communal areas and all the rest of it and there's no real way to, to do it. You've also got to look at businesses that then have, okay, we've got a huge office space and no one's in. We're now paying huge overheads, as are most companies in London right now, and no one's in. And it's, I, I could see a lot of businesses becoming 
not only law firms, um, but becoming remote based or at least being part time. Well, at least one um, law firm has announced precisely that or something very similar in relation to their London office. It's their London offices, haven't they? Yeah, Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, I know that my brother and my dad are in the IT industry and and they, you know, they can work from anywhere. The whole point is they can work from anywhere all over the globe. Um, But there's far, I think there's going to be far less travel for them, you know, going sort of places like America when you can do stuff like this over Zoom. But also it's like, you know, there's no reason why we need to be, we all need to have a desk in an office because you can hot desk and you can, as long as you've got a computer, the thing is, though, I mean, I'm sure you guys will agree. I wouldn't like that as a way of living. I really wouldn't. I'm, Mark, I know you're slightly different, but you work from home, but then you're traveling to courts all over London, all over the place. But for us that are more office based or working from home, I think the just the social interaction with people, I would really miss. I have really missed that. And the idea of thinking, OK, this is the new norm. You interact with people online. Don't actually physically mix with them and you don't go into the office i'm not sure I, well i know for a fact i wouldn't like that what's your guys opinion on that we're basically revisiting what we discussed in pod one but with the benefit of a couple of months or however many weeks behind us and yeah my situation is slightly different but you know having previously worked in law firms i, I get benefits of it and they are numerous i think if you I mean, we all know the mental health challenges that being at home, on your own, working and also living in one space has actually brought certainly us and I'm sure um, a lot of people, it's created new challenges. But equally, it's not, it's not even just for mental health, for pleasure, for being able to socialise. It's, it's an important part of what people go to work for, regardless of industry. And also, I suspect... Um, or particularly for more junior practitioners or people who are learning, etc. There's a lot of stuff that's learned by being near people and through osmosis. Absolutely. Even, you know? yeah. And yeah. Um, I fear for what the profession may become if all of us are effectively, you know, only speaking when we log in. It must be really difficult for trainees and NQs at the moment. Because, you know, you learn so much, as you say, from being sat in that room with the senior associate or with the partner, just listening in on phone calls and just picking up on scraps almost and just doing those little bits that you get given. And I know that, you know, my team, we've got, uh, you know, some more junior practitioners and we're having to be very conscious and work very hard to make sure that we continue to support and delegate in the right way. But there's no question that if we were all in the office together, they would just pick up on more of that stuff just by being there. Just by being there. Um, and, and that must be really difficult for someone who is trying to find their feet in the profession. And I'm sure, you know, we haven't actually touched so far in all our pods, I don't think, on the impact of this on like law students and LPC students and stuff like that. But similar thing, you know, these people, guys and girls who are starting out on their legal careers who don't get the benefit of that kind of one-to-one teaching and input and are having to try and do it remotely. It it must be really difficult. And as you say, I think it probably will have a lasting impact on the way as a profession that we treat more junior practitioners and the way that we kind of support them and bring them through as lawyers. Well, I think, but you don't think that everyone is at least a training seat of six months behind because, you know, it used to be, you know, back in the day and probably before any of us were in, it was, you know, you'd, you'd get a, go to university, get a training contract, you'd be a lawyer. But, you know, that then became so competitive that actually you had to get your work experience. You had to be a paralegal before you can get a training contract. You had your training contract. There was zero guarantee that you were going to get a job at the end of it. Um, I know we touched upon it in a previous pod. There's, there's zero guarantee that any 
I'd hate to be doing a law degree now, um, just because it is so competitive to get into it. And actually with this now, I'm not surprised if, or I wouldn't be surprised if training contracts are just extended by six months because it's Sean's right. It's not training. They are learning and and we're, we're trying really hard as a firm and as a department in particular to involve them. And and we've got one trainee in our department, but really involve them and get them in and, you know, I'm sending them work, but it's over email or telephone or zoom, you know, as you, Sean says, they just pop into my office and say, Oh Dan, I've done this. What do you think? And we can have a chat about it rather than, Oh, here's, here it is on email. And, you know, you feel a bit like a teacher, sort of red penning their work. It's more like that. It'd be more like being at law school, kind of like, here's Absolutely, a, here's a yeah. task, here's a, here, draft this letter, draft this, uh, do this research, and then yeah. bring it back to me, rather than listening, engaging, and, and yeah. learning. And it is Completely training. Different. It's just it's just really unfortunate that it's all kicked off during their training contracts, yeah. um, and they're not getting the same sort of training that we all got. So I, I do feel for them, and yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if training contracts get extended, or, you know, even people are or they take advantage of the furlough scheme or trainees are let go because actually they're the easiest people to let go right now. Yeah. Um, if you can't guarantee them a job at the end of it. Well, it's um, equally so troubling, I suppose for, um, not even, I suppose it's equally troubling, perhaps even more so for pupil barristers. I mean, particularly those absolutely. in their second six when they should be treading the boards and learning their stuff. Yeah, sure. There are now more remote hearings and telephone hearings, but I'm prepared to bet that, they definitely won't be as numerous. Their exposure just to courts in general just won't be there for this section of time or it'll be significantly reduced. And that will hit that particular skill set quite hard, I suspect. I mean, it's no and, different to training yeah, solicitors, right. but it's it's a yeah. definite impediment. You're totally right. And the reality is as a second sixer, most of the work you're doing is the kind of work that currently is not being heard by the courts. Yeah. Like it, it's that, the, the old directions hearing that comes in last minute, it's, I mean, I'm not sure about where like normalization orders and stuff are, are featuring in terms of the court's priority list at the moment. But yeah, I would have thought that a lot of the work that a second sixer would normally be doing is just not being heard yeah. right yeah. now. And so they're not getting that experience, nor are they earning the money, which of course they're expected to do in the second six. So yeah, I wonder whether we'll find at the it end of well. this, that there'll be a lot more sort of third sixers who are looking for tenancies at either the sets that they've peopled at or looking elsewhere and again you know there's bound to be an impact for chambers as well as law firms on whether or not they can keep pupils on and we may find a few third sixes floating in the wind and people having to pick them up so yeah it's, it's going to be an interesting time and I think um, I think one thing that we've talked about a lot is the benefit that we've had in already having a network that we can reach out to for support in times like this and maybe something that we should be impressing upon our firms and our chambers and perhaps hopefully other chambers and other firms is that they also need to focus on providing that network for their own trainees their own pupils because it's such an uncertain time at the moment i think that's absolutely right yeah completely i mean we we had um we're monitoring quite uh, closely sort of how the courts are doing. I'm sure you will get guys the sort of emails from the court saying, oh, we're, we're currently processing divorce petitions from this state and currently doing consent orders from this state. And actually the courts are so behind now. Um, we got a, a document earlier um, earlier today, actually, one of my colleagues sent it around. And it was only for public and private law. Now, none of us really specialise uh, or I don't think any of us do any public law anymore. But the private law side of things as of the 24th of may there was like 979 receipts 534 disposals outstanding 48,000 cases 
Like it's, and, and, you know, it's just, even if you don't, I, I don't even want to break down what I assume the receipts or the applications made, disposals or cases that have concluded. There's no explanation. But it's the amount of cases that are just being adjourned, being left, that aren't concluded. And really, that is barristers' bread and butter. That's them not working. That's yeah. barristers not working. That's cases not being heard. And ultimately, you know, solicitors, I think, you know, we, we spoke about it a bit. It, 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 we've had a massive hit and everyone predicts us to be, you know, the busiest people ever, as they do every January, by the way, I should add, after every Christmas. But it's the courts are just so behind at the moment, so behind. And it's, you know, everyone is really struggling. And actually, at the, the front of this, you've got all the clients. It's their cases, their lives, and they're either mm. been put on hold or, and they've got everything else to deal with, like financial worries and all the rest. I should add that that's got nothing to do with finance cases. That's just mm. children work as well. Yeah. I was um, told uh, earlier this week, Barry St. Edmunds told me that they were working on a time frame of 24 weeks to process a decree in ISI. Yeah, I had six, wow. six, six months. Like, it's just, that is crazy. I mean, what do you say to a client when you have to say, well, you're going to have to wait six months for your decree in ISI? It's somewhere between four to five months for a consent order to be approved at the moment at Barry St. Edmunds. I think I'm right in saying that. Yeah, it's just um, madness. That's, you know, it's crazy. The delay is so, so bad. And what um, I find difficult with that is like, I know that the court has a reduced capacity to hear cases at the moment because of, you know, not being able to be there in person and therefore remote hearings having to be listed at certain times, which reduces the amount of cases that can be heard at any one point, fine. But that must mean that there are judges Available to read those consents that Dan's just alluded to. To do that work. But I I know for a fact, having worked previously for a partner who was also a district judge or deputy district judge, that a lot of the gaps that get filled in the court diary are by deputy district judges who get emails out on a daily basis begging them to sit, saying, can you please come and sit in two days' time at Wilson County Court because we've got a full list of civil and family work that we can't really? fill. Yeah. And so they're relying upon the goodwill of often DDJs, a lot of whom are either barristers or solicitors who are in practice, to take, to take that time and, and sit. And at the moment, understandably, they're not sitting because you know, they're having to prioritise work within their own firms and, uh, and just manage their departments and things like that. So I wonder whether that's the change, whether... Where, when they did have people with some capacity, they now don't have those people, whether that's because those people are working within their own practices or whether because of budgets, HMCTS aren't reaching out to those DDJs and saying, yeah. we can pay you to sit for a day because of the situation we're in. I just, I just don't know. But personally, I totally appreciate the stresses on the court system. And it's something that as a profession, we need to fix somehow. But I don't think it's acceptable that I have to say to a client that they have to wait 24 weeks for a degree in ISI. No. I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, I know it's, that it's crazy. there's reduced staffing, but how can we have faith in the court system when it's just not functioning? Yeah, it, it's absolutely not. And I know that, um, you know, we've had updates this week. Actually, there's something to talk about, guys, isn't there, this week in terms of news the uh, the no fault yeah. divorce has been an yeah. issue in the press this week two big news stories this week no fault divorce was a great one and the fact the pubs are going to open again soon so. <laughs> <laughs> prioritize that as you will of June? yeah i noticed that as well i don't know how they're going to do that i mean that's far more important than no fault divorce i'm joking of course yeah i don't know how they're going to do that i think we should give a shout out while we're doing the no fault divorce bit to the, the people 
within resolution for those of whom don't know resolutions the kind of organization of family lawyers to campaign to deal with things in a sort of family and child focused way without animosity where possible um, the people within resolution and in the wider family law community who have spent probably 20 years, years now campaigning for no fault divorce Absolutely. and there are some academics that we have to sort of thank as well Liz Trinder and the like all of whom have, have given us the kind of the stats and the studies and the research to back up what we always said, I say we, I'm using the royal we here. What, these, these, <laughs> what Sean always said. What, what I've always said. Sean's taking all the credit for this. Yeah, um. what I've always said. These pioneers of that. <laughs> what's always been said about how the system here should function. And, you know, from the moment that I started in practice, and I'm sure we all feel the same about this, it just doesn't make any sense when we have to say to clients, well, I know you both agree that you should get divorced, but one of you has to blame the other. Blame the other. Somebody has to accept responsibility. The thing I, I think is weird is that the media portray it like we as family lawyers are against this. It's going to reduce the amount of work or do whatever the reason. It's like they're sort of saying, oh, family lawyers will hate this. Uh, you know, we're, we're really against it. It's family lawyers. That are well, also, one of the, NMP said that very thing. Fiona Booth said just that. That's about right. How family yeah. lawyers will feel about this. And we're all like, come again? Yeah, it takes a lot of the, the animosity out of it, doesn't it? And, you know, we all try, I think, as, uh, you know, resolution members and lawyers to try and deal with things amicably. And that really comes down to, you know, building networks like the ones we have here and actually deal with each other in decent ways. And you get to know the lawyers on the other side and, you, you know, you um, are able to have a good working relationship with other lawyers because, I mean, aggressive cases just annoy me, to be honest. I get really frustrated and it's just draining, isn't it? In any walk of life, if you're having to fight, it is just draining, but you, you don't fully appreciate, I think, or maybe you do towards, you know, the more experience you get. But actually, you're dealing with people's cases at the potentially the worst part of their life. And that's what we do for a living. You know, so it's you know not only, you know, being selfish, is, you know, it's, it's emotionally draining and tough on us. But, you know, we're all dead inside, so it's fine. Yeah. But it's really tough for them. And, you know, we, we, that's a big thing we have to think about. So, uh, no, I, I agree with Darren on that. Good stuff, good stuff. So what's the plan for tonight, boys? Are we going to play another little game? Bloody hell, people are listening to this going, what's the plan for tonight? Are they, they haven't even started. They're going to be bored out of their minds. Those that are still game. listening, yeah. We, just kind we of hope you enjoyed the introduction there, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's kick off the pod. <laughs> I want us to play a game. Oh, okay. Mark, go. Go on, Mark. What are we playing? Oh, no, see, that's the extent of my imagination. It's kind of over to you, Sean Hilton. Mm. You're the game's uh, I've master. I've got a game. I've got a game. Sean I, I was game. thinking this week, I actually, I, I was looking on, you know what you get on your Facebook feeds and it comes up with, like, memories. You know, these posts that you had from 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I had a picture that came up the other day and it made me remember a specific night and then it linked back to what we've done on the pod before so it was a i remember that this night uh, involved some drinking games one of which i know was definitely truth or dare <laughs> i think we should play truth or dare what do you think well it's late enough we're keen. talking this very late in the evening Can i'm not keen sure. for your game sean always yeah, keen not, for I'm your not games really sure how we can do dares given the fact that we're all chatting via zoom so it may need to be more truth than dare. And if you choose dare, it may need to be we'll a dare that's based we'll on see. truth. But let's give it a go and let's see what happens, eh? Absolutely. Has anyone got one, now me having introduced it, has anyone got one on the tip of their tongue that they want to fire away with? I've got one. 
Oh, go down. Go on, Dan. So, are we... Uh, is, it, is, this is it being sort of directed a... at individuals? Well, or? This is, that was going to be my collective. question. Is this, is this a generic, here's the question? or is I it... think let's do group generic. So, just generic. So, it's to all three of you. But how about, Dan, you direct it at someone, they pick truth or dare, and then... We the all have to go with it. To, yeah, go with so it. So then that person's choosing for the three. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of pressure. Okay, fine. So what my question would be is, do you have any fetishes? I'm joking. <laughs> 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 Although that would have been fun for our listeners. Uh, no, what I was going to ask was... You didn't even ask us if we wanted so a truth or a The question should be truth or dare. Truth or dare, just go for it. Oh, okay, so I haven't got this game at all. Truth or dare? <laughs> Who am I asking to? Uh, I'm gonna go. You choose. You choose. I'm going to go to the next person that I'm looking to on my Zoom screen, which is Sean. Right? I'll go in this order. I'm so. going to go truth. Truth oh, for me. Wow. So, so for me, Darren and Mark, I'm saying truth. Okay. okay. And, and we won't ask the fetish question. I would like to ask, who is the last person you sent a text message to and what did it say? Oh, does that include WhatsApp? Probably does, doesn't it? Well, let's, let's clarify. Let's, let's just do WhatsApp. Okay. It can't be this group. It can't WhatsApp. be our group. Oh, other than our group. Yeah, because I'm. Well, I don't think it was definitely not last on mine. I've got other friends, unlike you lot. Uh, okay, I'll go truth then. My last WhatsApp message was to Mr. Danny Chapman, and it said, "Are we doing some Friday afternoon beers tomorrow?" Question mark. Question mark. Very good. Networking. Go. A bit sad I didn't get an invite, but thanks, um, Mark. I was going to invite you after the fact. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, mine was sent to our good friend Ali Granville um, oh. who had <laughs> lovely, the lovely Ali the lovely, lovely Ali, Ali who will be listening she was referring to something that she had emailed me saying is this what you were meaning my reply was precisely what I meant thank you very good very good northerner northerner is that me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, the last message I sent was to Darcy and it was just, apart from you guys earlier this evening when I said just tell me where you are and I'll find you there so the backstory was how big's your house <laughs> <laughs> she's in the east wing no, <laughs> <laughs> tell me where you are Darcy because of work is happening so going to work once a week and her employers arranged for them all yeah. to have coronavirus tests and antibodies tests. And she had hers today. And as you, may, as you guys know, Darcy moved down to London not so long ago and is not that familiar with the city just yet. She knows the way from our house to her office and back, but that's about it. So when she has to deviate to go to a clinic to have a blood test for coronavirus, she, she panicked a little bit. So I said, that's fine. I'll, I'll, come, and, I'll come and meet you. Except she then somehow still proceeded to get lost. Hence the message that I just read, which was "Just tell me where you are, and I'll find you there." Which reading it back sounds quite passive aggressive. It was not intended. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she'll be pleased with this whole chat. I mean, the interesting. I mean, interesting question is, did she bother to reply? <laughs> she did. She she did reply. Chuck a kiss in there. She, she said, "I'm an 11 minute walk away." So. Baron, we've not got all night, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool story, Darren. We Sorry. Anyway, I think we were, we were trying, before Darren to go, we were trying to play a game. 
Yeah, we, we were rolling then, weren't we? I didn't get the hang of it, but I think I had the gist of it. Um, I, I round worked, right? My round worked. You were all honest. You all showed your phones. We, uh, I believe you all. It's all good. Okay, I will ask one now. So, gents, truth or dare? Oh, do I have to pick someone? Yeah, pick uh, someone. I did the last one, so. I think it will be Darren. Uh, I'll go truth as well, please, Mark. Okay. What's your biggest pet peeve? Good one. I know mine straight away. That's tough. I've got one Lateness. that comes to the forefront of my mind, but um, I'm not sure it's my biggest pet peeve. I'm going Go first. on, Sean, if you've got yours. Yeah, late. Yeah, I'm going to think. Go on, Sean. I, I just can't stand people who are late to things. Were well, you not a fan of me being late tonight then? Well, no, I'm not a fan <laughs> half of you generally. Half an hour. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of you generally, but no. Um, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I, I grew up in a kind of. I say army background, but it wasn't really. I wasn't like a proper military brat, but my dad was in the military. And yeah, I was always taught if you're not five minutes early, then you're late. And so, yeah, sort of punctuality and lateness is something that I, yeah, lateness I hate. Uh, even I've had like ex-girlfriends that I've broken up with because they can't like be at the right place. At you the have right not broken up with women because they're not punctual. <laughs> <laughs> no i genuinely have not like i'm not saying like i've had serious relationships where i thought no this is a deal breaker but i've had like girlfriends before where i've been like no or like you've given like, caroline oh, so many warnings about yeah. this well people have no i haven't because she's really on time that's that's why <laughs> we get on but i've definitely been on dates with girls before where like the first date they've turned up late and i've been like you know what it's first date i'll let it go yeah, second but that, no, that is actually quite poor. Yeah. And have you, have, day, have you like, ever been on one of these dating apps, Sean, where you've had like what you're looking in for somebody and you say punctuality? Is that so? Uh... No, because I imagine that would be a bit of a turn off, <laughs> wouldn't it? Like, I can't imagine. Yeah, really... 100%. <laughs> but I just, and it's, it's not like, a, I just find it really rude. I just think, like, if I make the effort to be there on time, then so should you. And I, I get the whole, you know, especially, you know, maybe with dating and stuff, there's a bit of a thing around, oh, I'll keep him waiting five minutes. Fine. I kind of understand that a little bit. But it pisses you off. But yeah, it kind of... Didn't you tell me that you had quite a few of them where they kept you waiting for about four hours? Oh, right. Thanks. <laughs> four days. I told you that in confidence. Oh, Look, sorry, it's mate. never nice being ghosted at restaurants, is it? I mean, <laughs> I have to buy one more meal for one then you know uh, know. but you know what it is it's not so much the fact that they're late it's the anxiety it causes me when they're late so if i'm there on time and then they're supposed to be there for seven and it's one minute past i then end up looking at my watch continuously until they arrive and i end up so stressed about the fact that like it's now three past seven five past seven seven past seven whatever it might be he looks every two minutes yeah, but, well, yeah, thanks, mate. But like, by the time they arrive, I'm just so stressed out. I can't enjoy it. Anyway. So why have you told someone like me this information? Because I'm anyone listening to this who knows me, family or friends, I like to think I'm on time. And actually, when I get to work, I'm early, as in early, early. I'm always at work early. I'm always at court an hour early. You know, I'm never ever late. But if I'm at kind of social engagements, I, I'm going to blame the wife here. But I'm often semi late. I'm not sure I've ever been really late for you, Sean, have I? But now I know this. You've got I mean, to this now, play right? into my hand. And I don't care if it's like a group thing and there's loads of people there and, you, you know, it starts at 7 and you get there at 8.30 or whatever. That's absolutely fine. But if I'm like meeting you one-on-one and it even goes down to, I'm afraid, if it's like, 
I meet you at the pub at five and I'm there at like five or five to five and then it's like half five and you're not there I'm just a bit like sat by myself Billy no mates and just sort of you know that kind of thing that it just annoys me just oh, when we meet for the first nerves. live pod well, we'd, we'd you're going to be half an hour early Sean that three, first live yeah. pod you're going to be half an hour early an hour three early. of us need to just sit and have a beer outside I think and just watch him through the window distressing <laughs> That's so harsh. Well, I'm, well I, I'll go next. I'm going to say pet peeve. People that chew or eat loudly. Uh, when you get there. I'm with you on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Not a fan. I'm not sure it's, a, it's my biggest pet peeve. It's exactly. How often do you actually mind. encounter that? Well, it's one of those where if you're sat... Sometimes on the tube. Yeah. When you hear somebody eating on the, on the tube at all yeah. should be... Well, yeah, I agree with that. Nobody should eat on the tube. My pet peeve is actually tube, kind of tube related. My main pet peeve are kind of s- slow walking people or people who just stop. Oh, Mark. That really annoys me. Virtual high five. That was going to be mine. And the people second, who walk slow. And there is the second kind of related category, and it's the same type of person, 100%. Um, when you go down the stairs into a tube station, you're just about to get onto the platform and you like, chuck a left or a right to go onto the platform itself and the people who just stop at that point and it's always a group and you can never get anywhere near the train and just as you break through the group tube departs always always happens all the doors close that kind of builds into my people who stand on the left as opposed to walking same type of person oh yes yeah they're, 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 that's exactly. that's what i'm getting at mark the, the, those people are the slow walkers are the people that stop in the middle of platforms it's basically yeah. people who don't get the rules the arbitrary rules that exist in yeah. this country yeah. but you know that's gone now isn't it or at least it has for a time being there is none of that at the moment we've had we've been that free since uh, you know at least the last three months now it's been, been no commuting problems yeah, that's been true. free of all all these uh, people that are standing still and walking slow, oh, which are making people late to meet Sean. Which is obviously <laughs> <laughs> it all builds in. See, it all builds in. <laughs> it all comes together. But like with that, like if you get stuck, you know, in a cab or something in in traffic, and you text and say, "I'm going to be five minutes late. Sorry, I'm stuck in traffic." I'm fine with that. That's absolutely fine because like you're on your way. I get it. But it's the people who you just don't hear from, and then they're late. And you're stressing. Are they, the people are they say they meet you at five, but they don't set off till quarter past five. That kind. Yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah, but if they told me they weren't going to be there, you know, if they'd said, "I know I said five, but I'm not going to be there till half past," that's absolutely fine because I can entertain myself for half an hour. It's expect. Sorry, I don't know why I found that so funny. It's just <laughs> the, the people that you expect to be there on time who then don't arrive on time because you're. I don't know. Maybe I'm worrying where they are or like if they're okay but it's an anxiety thing i think this I mean, more and it, and it down depends. to you sean as a person as opposed to everyone else you just yeah and it but it, it causes me anxiety not in a i don't feel insecure like i'm not like sat there thinking oh my god they're not going to turn up you know am i a bad person but it's more kind of i don't feel like i can enjoy the time because i'm constantly expecting them to turn up you know if i've been there 10 minutes already i'm probably half a pint down and so i'm thinking should i go should i just go and get another beer or should i um like wait for five minutes in case they turn up then i'm going to get a beer and they're going to turn up anyway it's a whole complex <laughs> <laughs> it's a whole complex mental thing that i go through 
So now, now you've had a little window. Sean, you need a big hug, hug, is what you need. Uh, I know, you yeah. Just, you no, need I a bit of a hug. Three need, virtual hugs come out of Sean. I just need you three to turn up on fucking time. That's what I <laughs> Well, hang on, Sean. You were, you were the second most late to this, tonight's arrangement. No, because I wasn't. Because I texted and said, I, I will be I was also just after though. half past nine. And I was here just after half past nine. That's the point. Mark, are we buying, that? Said, are we buying that, Mark? Absolutely yeah, no, not. yeah, I'm with Don't him. Buy any I'm, of that. I'm, no, I'm with you, Sean, because I was the latest. But I said I'd be closer to ten, and I was quarter two. So yeah, Dan was early. Dan, Dan set his expectation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love this. They're not the screw me. <laughs> sure. Having a go at you, Sean. Right. I'm off the hook. <laughs> I'm moving on. I'm deflecting from me now. I'm going to ask the question this time. Truth or dare, Mister Mark Samuels? Truth. Oh, okay. Trying to come up with a good one. I want to know. Oh, I'm struggling now. I'm struggling to like, I'm struggling to think of one that's original from what we already had. Why did you go all Billy Big Balls and say, I was right, say I'm you going should have thought of that before you asked the question. Because I was just deflecting. I was sure, deflecting. You just need to fix up. You just brought more attention to yourself. <laughs> uh, what today seems oh, to be Sean. like a, a pick on Sean Todd, doesn't it? Is that going to be the title of today's pod? Just like well, now you've said it, probably, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, well, no, sure. Sh- you, you can think sorry. of your question because, Dan, you, you jumped on the back of my pet peeve there. Do you, is there anything else that really winds well, you up? No, well, I, I did, my one was going to be people walking slow. So I, I'm not sure it's my biggest pet peeve, but it's definitely up there. And I, it, was, it was honestly going to be my one. So, I, I, But then we kind of got into a lot of commuting chats and that genuinely is stuff that frustrates me to and from work most days apart from now. Um, Do you think those types of people, if having the same question put to them, may well say their pet peeve is the hyper stressed out, completely self-important, curiously bald looking lawyers that (laughs) (laughs) are pacing around the underground as if they own the place? (laughs) <laughs> yeah quite possibly but uh, you know as as you know that said self-important bald man uh, i don't care and i want them to walk quickly to work <laughs> so yeah I, it's, it, I, it just really gets to me you can walk that slow really really bugs me especially okay. in the, everyone's in a rush in the morning just, just be british and get a guess get a bit of pace on get a grip i'm gonna feed off i've got my question now i'm gonna feed off of what we were talking about in terms of like first dates and meetings and stuff we did truth didn't we so i'm gonna say have you ever bailed out of a first date or a social interaction of any kind by way of a kind of fake emergency text message call excuse to leave early do you mean while you're on said social? Yeah, sure. so I'm, I'm thinking like... You're getting out ever, of it. You're in it. Have you, you ever used it. the get out of first date clause with a friend or like bailed from a kind of social interaction in terms of a, you know, a friend that you've been with that you've sort of decided to get rid of or a business meeting that you've wanted to cut short so you've made excuses and disappeared? I was going to say, made excuses in advance, as in gotten out of stuff before you go. Yeah, all the time. But doing it there and then, I, I don't think so. Or well, not that I can think really easily. I, mean, I don't think I've ever hit a board during. Have you, Sean? Yeah, I've definitely done first date bails. Really? Yeah. How do you do it? On the what date. Do you say? Well, no, you just say, like, I've definitely been on a first, I say a first date, yeah. Uh, yeah, first date. I've definitely been on a first date before where I've sort of 
feigned a kind of oh like I'm really sorry like my mum's called I'm gonna have to like head off I've got some stuff to deal with that's a shame because he was really nice as well wow <laughs> you you should have been nicer to him Mark was so into me on that day. Hundred <laughs> percent, Sean. Seven episodes. You've built up such a nice persona about yourself, and you just ruined it in that question that you posed <laughs> to us, and you've answered yourself. Well, we all have a bit of sweetness in light, don't we? You know, it's got to be a dark side, and not in a bad way. I didn't like. I suppose. I suppose it is bad, actually. Like, is it? I should have. That I could have been more honest and said, actually, I'm just going to go home. But it's really hard, isn't it? And in a way, maybe you're kinder by saving someone's feelings, by not outright saying, I'm just not that into you, I'm going home. I think that's definitely probably, that's, De- that's fair definitely enough. Well, you, shouldn't have done. Yeah. you shouldn't have left her with the bill, though. That is <laughs> yeah, I would never do that, by the way. <laughs> um, but have, we've all, have we not all done it in a kind of social setting at times as well? Just a bit of a, you know what, like I'm not really feeling it tonight. I, I, you know, even just a... I've got caught in the morning, I'm going to head off when you haven't really got caught or you could stay out a bit longer. You're just not really feeling it and you're making excuses. No, we're all decent people. Yeah, no, I've never done that. <laughs> but also, it's, it's not just that. <laughs> because, <laughs> because not only are we just far nicer people. Just um, far nicer, Sean. Actually, just, our, our, social like time, our social time is so organised these days and has been for quite a long time that everything, including like including this, making this podcast, everything is in the diary quite a long way in advance. So you're basically, you're invested in whatever you do. And I think because there's no kind of casual lead into something, there tends to not be a casual get out. I don't know. I feel bad now. I feel like I've asked the question. I'm the only person who's ever, who's ever, who's ever done it. But yeah. You should feel bad. You should be self-reflecting right now and realizing that um, the person that the previous seven episodes thought was the nicest, most intelligent, composed, self-respecting person is actually the worst. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, that is sadly that's not true. Sean is the, definitely the nicest person in this group. I agree that Sean is, nice lo- Sean is <laughs> lovely, but he has undone seven weeks of hard work. It's too late, right Mark. There. You can't save it now, mate. You've already no, thrown it on the bus. Yeah, it can't be saved. It's gone. It's gone. Who's got You've another question? Throw me on the bus. I'll go. Who hasn't received a truth or dare question of you three? Dan. Dan, truth, truth or dare, my friend. Oh, is this the point where I don't get the game and I need to choose? Um, truth. Truth. <laughs> What's something you're glad your mum doesn't know about you? Oh, Darren. Oh, Darren. It's got tasty. Something I'm glad my mum doesn't know, which you will now know about me. <laughs> That's the question, isn't it? That she doesn't know that she's about to find out in two weeks' time. That's basically okay. what you mean. Yeah. That's a bad question, Darren. That, that's, 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 that's fighting you, talk. You oh. bad, bad boy. Am I glad she doesn't know about me? I mean, we can change the question. Oh. We can put that no, again. I think it's a good question. <laughs> I like it. I, I mean, I'm going to be thinking of an answer, though. That's the thing. Um, Sean, Matt, do you have an answer to come I in? Think yeah, I, got what I, think. I think I've just disclosed mine. I think my mum doesn't know that, I would, that I've, like, I'm the person who would sort of bail on a date <laughs> by making excuses. And in fact, actually, mum, I'm sorry. I think I've probably used you as an excuse before. 
and I should add at this point to save myself in a way, this is not something I do regularly. I think I could count on one or two fingers, the amount of times that I've bailed on social situations or a date. But I think I probably have on one occasion and mum, I'm sorry, I love you. Um, I probably have said like, look, my mum's my called, I've got to like go and deal with some family stuff. I'm, I'm going to go. To be fair, I don't object to that because I have on a few occasions said, look, I'm really sorry. Sean's mum's called. I've got to go. And and I've gone. So, you know, you and I both, Sean, and I think, and I I love her and I'm sorry. And I think that. um, Yeah, and it's it's difficult, uh, Dan, isn't it? Because when I was saying that my mum had called, what I actually meant was I need to go and see Dan's mum. So. (laughs) There you go. And I'm really struggling with this, Darren, because I don't. I'm not sure I've got an answer. I don't know what I'm glad that she doesn't know. I mean, there's, yeah, of course, there's plenty I've done that no one knows and that my mum definitely doesn't know that I, I'm sure I wouldn't like her to know. The police, I can't think no, of any, the, the police are more than aware. Oh, no. Crown prosecution that, service is more All than of aware. the uh, incidents involving the police, my mum is well aware of. Uh, <laughs> on the list, Dan. Yeah, she had to sign, you know, when I got that tag and stuff, she had to sign off and it all got very dramatic. But um, no, she knows everything about the police. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question. I, I'm, for once, as you, you'll all appreciate, I'm stumped. Mac, do you have anything? Nothing, nothing particularly salacious. My mum knows more than she should actually <laughs> my mum knows basically everything that goes on in my life mostly because i tell her I suppose there are there have been quite a few times particularly in the past like university times or even past uni law school etc where i'd get a call from i don't know mum at saturday morning or something and i would definitely be feigning that i was frightfully hungover and i'd been out till god knows what time and i would paint a very different picture on the phone that sort of thing i like kind of not really bad stuff mm. I'm, I'm really i'm very close with my family as you know and so my parents basically know everything that's a good way to be mm-hmm. better to be that way, the other way. way i uh, yeah, i agree i i think that uh, yeah we may have made it sound like the rest of us aren't really close to our families i think we all are um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know about this question. It's really got me. And I'm in a dilemma between actually telling the truth and what I want everyone who's listening to this to know. Um, <laughs> the question was truth or dare. We've all got stories, haven't we, that we don't want our mums to know, but that's different, isn't it? Because it's things that they don't need to know. Um, I yeah, suppose, I'm sh- like, my Which admission... Which is quite right and proper. I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't suppose it's ethically healthy for a parent to know everything about their child. I'm sure I'm saying, their child you know, isn't... My admission in a way way is a kind of like a failing in myself that I would not want my mum to know I had. You know, the idea that I'd used excuses and sort of wiggled my way out of something is not the best image of myself. And therefore, I'm sure my mum, when she listens to this, which I'm sure she will, will be a bit disappointed in me to hear that I'd done that. But, you know, let's be you honest, be. no one got no one got hurt in the process. It wasn't... Sean, like, I was about to say, you. we've been ribbing you on this, but that really isn't that bad. Yeah, I know. Yeah. No, it's not a <laughs> I've, I've, I've spoken to your mum. She's cool. She's, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> she'll be fine. Yeah. She'll let you off. <laughs> yeah. I think for all of us, the uh-huh. things that we wouldn't want our mums to know are the things where we feel that she might be a bit disappointed in us. It's not the stuff that's yeah. like, oh, I got really drunk and did some, did X, which was a bit stupid. They wouldn't care about that. It's no, well, that's stuff, the thing. Like, I think a lot of the, the embarrassing kind of tales, I, I, I'm not proud, but I, I tell my parents, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit of fun and I tell them what I get up to, you know, on a, on a daily and weekly basis. It's, there's not a lot my parents don't know. 
if I'm completely honest. And if there is stuff, it's, you know... It's, not for this podcast. It's one, one, it's not I think that's podcast, the point. No, if there's true answers to the them. questions, you can't... can't yeah. Not only do you not want, <laughs> want your mum to know, with, you don't want the public at this large This game in it. Last orders at the bar, please. Good boys, that was a good revealing round of questions. So does that lead us on to our naming the pod segment, do we think? I think it probably does. So it's um it's your go, isn't it, Sean? Your go as the introducer. There's been as as ever a number of interesting topics raised in this week's pod. But I'm you know what? Like I'm I'm feeling like today, you know, you kinda put the hammer on me, lads. I feel like a bit like I've been put under the (laughs) couch. So, Sean, we love you, mate. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. Well, but Dan I doesn't, of... but we do. <laughs> I, know, um, I know, you don't, but I know, I know. So <laughs> I think based on our final question there, I'm going to call today's pod What My Mother Doesn't Know. Kind Excellent. Of thing, um, good name. Well good, done, well done. A good summary for our truth or dare questions round. Um, so yeah, today's pod will be called What My Mother Doesn't Know. Very good. Nice a one. big, big fan of that name, Sean. Well done. Good. Yeah, I, I guess, guys, it's, it's, it's time to wrap up, isn't it? Another yeah. week. It goes too quick, doesn't it, um, in a way? Kind of feel like we could I, mean, chat, I could chat for another hour or two, but I think if we did that and put the pod out, then people would definitely be falling asleep. Well, on that note, it's been <laughs> lovely. So uh, I'll see you later, guys. Cheers, boys. But before actually we go, how do people get in touch with us? Oh, Follow good. us, etc. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's such the professional, isn't he? He's always glad he's the here. Pro, isn't he? I'm glad he's we'll here. Let him do it. He'll fuck it up again. Go on, Mark. <laughs> go on, Mark. <laughs> don't, sure. don't muck it up because Sean did it perfectly the last couple of times. Sean's so did on. it so well. Oh. In fact, okay. should we let Sean do it to redeem himself? Actually, that is precisely what we should do. No, oh, you should thanks. do it, Mark. Sean's really good at it, though. That is true. I'm going to go for it. Right. So people, please do get in touch and contact us. Give us any comments um, about the pod and points that we can talk about in future episodes. You can find us on Twitter at the WP pod and you can email us at the without prejudice podcast dot gmail at gmail dot com. Um, Close enough, yeah. mate. <laughs> yeah. And you can also download the podcast through Spotify and you can find us on our Podbean site, which is thewithoutprejudicepodcast.podbean.com. And I think at the time of recording, we're close to 500 downloads. We're very close. Um, so, Ooh. yeah, it's great that people are following the pod and listening to every episode. I know we've got a few uh, diehard die followers, shout out to them, who continue to give us comments, which is great. So please do get in touch and we'd love to hear from you. For those still listening, our next episode is going to include a very special guest who we are reaching out beyond the realms of family law to someone who is going to add a real amount of insight into what we talk about and the issues that we raise. And so, yeah, stay in touch and we'll see you soon. Love it. Thanks, boys. Excellent. Good night, guys. Bye. Good night, boys. See you later. That's time.